yourself. selections this morning and accompanying us in our worship to God, who we know is so deserving and worthy to be praised. He is alive. That thing is so good it all made me change my life. serve a living God. We don't, we don't have our faith and trust in some bronze statue or a piece of wood or a wall that we kneel to and worship to. We serve a living God. Amen. This morning our lesson text, we would like to focus on a topic, remember God in the days of your youth. We're living in a society with so much wickedness, so much crime, so much going on, so much sadness being brought into the lives of so many. Yeah. It's unsafe to pump gas in your car. Somebody sliding in from the other side, take your car and drag you down the road with it. It's dangerous to sit in your own house now, minding your own business, because somebody wants to come in and take what you've been blessed with and what you've worked for all of your life. Because they're too lazy or they, they are just full of so much wickedness that getting a job and working for themselves to buy what they desire makes no sense to them. Amen. We live in some dangerous times, church. Amen. And we often talk about our young people and we see the portrayal of what all of the bad, terrible aspects of characteristics we see on the news about young people. And no, no denial. It's true what they're showing. But it's sad. <coughs> but this morning, I'm going to make an appeal. I don't want to beat up our young people. I don't want to put you down. I want to encourage you this morning. I want to offer something to you that can help you and save you from ruining your life. Or having your life cut short. Amen. I want to do it through using the word of God. Because it is God who created you. And God knows what's best for you. I'm praying that you will listen today. Not just young men, but young ladies too. Amen. I'm praying that you will listen to what the Word of God has to say because I have 
concerns not only just for your life, but also a concern about the church. You are critical to the church. You bring and offer something to the church. Many of the congregations don't have. We have youth here in this congregation. We have vibrant youth, loving young people. And you are so critical in what you bring to the Lord's house. And I just want you to know you have a role. You play a critical part in the Lord's church. But there's an adversary who would love to deceive you and paint a different picture that you may believe there's something better in this life than what God has to offer you as a young person. I'm hoping and praying today that you don't buy that lie and that you don't be deceived by the fact just because you're young, you have time. Funeral homes accommodate young, middle-aged, and old. Don't be deceived, young people. God can use you. I was sitting before I came up here sitting thinking, I was thinking about David as that young shepherd boy. I was thinking about Samuel, whose mother prayed for a son. And she prayed and she made a vow and said, if you bless me with the son, I'll give him back to you. I'll dedicate him back to you. And God did He blessed, he opened her womb. And she dedicated her son to God and handed him over to Eli. Well, something that stands out greatly that often we overlook about that story, <coughs> Samuel grew learning under Eli. Samuel, as he got older, he wasn't forced He wasn't forced. He grew in his learning and his love for God that he remained. Oh, there was wickedness going on at that time. And the reason I know there was some wickedness going on at that time, some of the main ringleaders of some of the dirt that was going on and the, the foolishness were Eli's sons themselves. But Samuel grew. And as he grew, he developed a love for the word of God and for serving God. So it wasn't a fight as to whether or not he was going to continue. He loved serving God. 
young people today. It is my prayer. And I'm sure it's your parents' prayer Amen. that you will grow and develop a love for God. Amen. And not only a love for him, but a love and a desire to want to serve him. Because God can do so much with your life. He can work through you and use you in ways you never imagined. And I just hope and pray that something will be said today to encourage you that your talent and all of the skill sets that you have, that you've been blessed so greatly with, will not only just be used in the world, but you will also remember God. First and foremost, in serving him and glorifying him. In Ecclesiastes, we find the perspective of one who searched for the meaning of life. Oh, that preacher, Solomon, examined wisdom, he examined riches, and he examined pleasure. He shared the fruits of his search. What he saw, all saw enough to be vanity and determine what was truly good. To those who are young, he offered the following exhortations. Rejoice in your youth. Rejoice in your youth. No, it doesn't have to be boring. No, it doesn't have to be painful. Rejoice in your youth. Remove sorrow and evil from your youth. Remember God in your youth. Please ask each 12 and 1. And reflect upon what is coming. Please ask each 12 and 1. Because young folks, if you're so blessed to live a number of years, life is going to change. Amen. Not only are the circumstances and the situations outside of your home and around on your job, you're going to change. You're not going to always be the age that you are. You're not going to always carry a six-pack. It may one day turn into a kid. You're not going to always be able to run as fast as you run now. That quickness will turn into a wall. Sometimes just being, just sometimes walking, trying to walk, will become dangerous. Life is going to change. Not only situations and circumstances, but life. And Solomon, the preacher, he said, reflect upon what is coming. Because something is coming. It's coming. I doubt that many young people would take issue with the first exhortation. They gladly rejoice in their youth. No problem. They are happy to let their hearts cheer them 
to walk in the ways of their hearts and in the sight of their eyes. I don't think any young people will oppose a protest. That sounds good. That sounds so good. I won't even have a problem coming to church. But it's more to it. But the remaining exhortations, what about those? To remove sorrow and evil. To remember God and reflect upon what is to come. Doesn't that take the joy out of you? Some might ask. No. No. Not really. And there are several good reasons why we need to remember God in the days of our youth. Because change is coming and there will be things that you could do and serve and glorify God in such ways as a young man or young lady that you won't be able to do. When you grow old. And it won't be because you don't have a yearning and a desire to want to. The law of nature is as we grow old, things have a way of shutting down. I don't care how much you cut, nip, tuck, or suck. You can't get fired. The law of nature. I don't care how many times you visit the lazy eye center. The dimness of the eyes, they're going to come. The teeth aren't going to always be as strong as they used to be. The firmness and the tightness of what you portray and what you show and parade around now won't always be so tight and firm. Yes, sir. Yes, So while you're young, take advantage. Not in doing foolish things, but learning how you may serve God and glorify God while you have the, the strength, the speed, the quickness in the thinking, the ability to recall. Use it for God now because a change is going to come. You has no guarantee of the future. Just because you're young, it's not a guarantee you're going to grow So I encourage you today, consider death is no respecter of persons. We see, if you watch the news just for five minutes of death, you see stories, you hear stories, and it's no longer they were at, in the wrong place at the wrong time. Amen. If I'm in my house minding my business and somebody kicked the door in and shoot me dead, well, where is the right place? Amen. 
yet we're constantly hearing of young men and women going around in our cities like savage animals, robbing, stealing, killing, acting as if they have no more morals or values than an animal. And it ought not to be so. And because there is no fear of God in their lives, what would stop them from taking yours? Death is no respecter of person. Death frequently strikes those who believe they are invincible. Amen. Could be a car accident, motorcycle accident. You could just be walking down the street and somebody not paying attention to the driving, but they're looking at their phone. And they'll run right over you and kill you. Diseases. As we are gathered right here, right now, we don't truly know what's going on inside of us. And because you're young, there's no guarantee that you're totally healthy. I'm not trying to frighten you into anything. I'm trying to bring some realistic thinking into your mind, into your thoughts that can help wake you up and hopefully guide you to realize you need to serve God. War. Any moment. War could break out anywhere. Anywhere. How many hot spots around this world are just ticking and waiting to explode? You may say, I'm young. I have time. I don't have to worry about those things. You never know. You never know. Many back before Vietnam thought the same thing. Only to go to their mailboxes and receive a card called a draft card that required them to report. And they were mandated to serve this country during war. Many never came back. Don't think you're exempt. Don't think you're invincible. Because death is not a respecter of person. Another reason you need to remember God and that creator in the days of your youth. He's sending his son back one day. <laughs> he's coming. And this time he's not coming to give you time to get right. Amen. You better be ready. As the Bible said, be ye ready. The Lord is coming back. Second Peter 3 and 7, one of, you, uh, one of your brothers get that. 
Another brother you get, 2 Peter 9 and 11. And one of your brothers gets 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 through 9. That will be you at that time when Jesus returns. Amen. What do you say then? Well, Lord, I was going to wait until I turned such and such age, and then I was going to consider you. I was going to consider putting you first in my life, but I figured since I was so young, I had time. Really? Thieves don't notify you when they're coming. And the Lord is going to return like a thief in the night. <clears throat> Let's hear what the Bible has to say. 2 Peter 3, 7 through 9. But the heavens and the earth, uh -huh. which are now, uh -huh. by the same word, uh, are kept <coughs> in store, reserved to fire against the day of judgment and prediction uh, of ungodly men. Hold but on, the, hold on. It's been held back, reserved. But one day, God is going to say, the Father, it's time. It's time. And it won't matter how old you may be. It doesn't matter how young you may be. But Jesus is coming back. That's why now, today, is the day of salvation. Now is the time to learn and to get to know God and serve him. To lay that foundation while you're young. Because as you get older, it's a proven fact. When, as you grow older, we have tendencies of wanting to get set in our own ways and not God's ways. But as I mentioned about Samuel, Samuel grew in the knowledge and, and understanding as he learned who God was and serving him. You know what? It wasn't a part of his life. It was his life. And young people, I'm saying today, you can grow up knowing God and serving God and having it to be your life. So that you don't have to take on and put off and take on and keep trying to live double lives. But just live one holy and righteous life unto God. Young ladies, you don't have to be bouncing around and searching here and there looking for love in all the wrong places. But you can present yourselves unto God, commit yourselves unto God. You're looking for a relationship? Get involved with God. Brother May, that you know, I understand what you're talking about from the spiritual. But sometimes you get lonely. I understand. 
But I also understand greater is he that is in should be than what you're giving in to in the world. See, it begins in the mind, young folks. If, if, if you press and persuade it that you just got to have a man, that, that's what you're going to seek in this honor. And when that man mess over you, disrespect you, and do all types of things to hurt your feelings and, and abandon you. Who is it you who is it you return back to? When it should have been God, you should have stuck with it all along. I'm saying Jesus is the answer. Regardless of how young you may be today, I'm telling you, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. He can see you through your loneliness, your heartaches, <coughs> the pain that you may have and that causes you to be so bitter. I'm saying Jesus <coughs> is the answer. And you need to understand. You need to be ready when Jesus come back. Not with a heart of bitterness. Not with a heart of unforgiveness. But you need to be ready with a heart of love. Of kindness. Long suffering. You need to have a heart that is prepared that God is the one you love most in your life. Not anything else. Not anyone else. God needs to be the one that you truly love. Who will not have the benefit? That will be you at that time when Jesus come back. Who will not have the benefit of a long life? Also, who will not have the time to change? Therefore, we ought to prepare for the future which is a sign of maturity. In other words, we need to grow up spiritually and learn what true maturity is. How often do we see young ladies' lives being messed up because they get together with a young boy, a young man, and they think they know until they mess up. They thought they understood. Now their lives have changed forever. I often say, babies don't run by batteries. And children born into this world are going to change your life forever. Amen. I used to be of that wrong impression. When they get 18 and finish school, they ain't my problem no more. Oh, what, oh, how deceived I was. Oh, how deceived I was. You're going to be a parent for the rest of your life, and guess what? They're going to call you. 
And, and, and honestly, there's nothing wrong if they need something and they've been living right and good. And, and we should be happy to direct them and teach them and steer them. I'd rather be me than the world. But young folks, sometimes you get yourselves in mess you could have avoided. Just because you're energetic. Just because technology changes, that don't mean you got any more common sense than your parents. You, you may know how to go on the internet. You know, you may know about Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat and all this other stuff. And you laugh at your parents because they still use a landline. You said they're old and out of date and they out of touch. I made the difference. Just because you can use technology doesn't mean you have godly knowledge. You need to slow down. You need to listen to godly counsel. You need to pay attention that success is not built around things and stuff. True success as a child of God is to fear God and keep his commandments. For that is the whole duty of man. I think about where is this congregation going to be in the next five, ten years? What, what if Brother Hartline is gone? What if I'm gone? What if Jeff is gone? What if Brother Tillman is gone? What, where are the men that God can depend on? Yes. Where are they? Because, to be honest, we need to see you now. We, we, we don't need you to be running around out there like wild animals, sowing your seeds, and then come back in when there's a need for some men to step up and you bring in worldly foolishness and not godly knowledge. See, we need to know that you fear God and love God now. So that we, we can offer you some advice, some training. We can steer you in the right direction now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Not just coming up in here talking about, well, this is what I think and this is how I feel. Man. Eli's sons, they felt it was all right mm -hmm. to commit the ungodly Egregious acts that they were committing daily. Right at the temple. And even God told Eli, you need to deal with old boys. You need to deal with them. I think that is just so kind of God. He told them, do something about those boys. I'm saying today, 
since Eli wouldn't, God said, I'll deal with him. Yes, sir. And they lost their life. I'm saying to the parents who have young teenage boys, you need to make up your mind to dedicate yes, these boys to being here at the service. Yes, at Bible studies. Yes, you, you dedicate them to run up and down and bounce a basketball or run up and down a football field for the sake of recreation. How about committing them and, and committing them to serve God? So that the church can know they have somebody coming up through the pipeline. Some young men who you can look back and say, I know they've been taught. I know they've been hanging around. I know they love God. Not just somebody who come back up in here talking some foolishness and craziness. Just because you go off to school don't make you a scholar in Christianity. Sad to say, we lose so many of our Christian young men and ladies by sending them off to some of these universities now. Minds become perverted. We need to see you today. We need for you to stand up today. We need to know you love God now. Even if you are blessed to live a long life with plenty of time to change, there's another reason to remember God in the days of your youth. Misspent youth can curse your future. Yes, it can. You reap what you sow. You go out there like an animal in rut, you're going to reap it. You're going to reap it. When all of your money is deducted from your paycheck, to send to her, him, her, them. And then you sit down and say, if only I'd listen. How much better my life could have been. You don't have to say amen. I know it's true. And now you're, you're frustrated because you meet somebody and, 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 and you want them to be interested in you. But guess what? What do you have? Okay. Man, you're going to pay for these children. Let's see your life. They're going to, and, and, and take this the right way how I say it, they're going to bother you the rest of your life. Just stay up. Because they're your children. And you, and you want to know, why Why this person don't want to have a relationship with me? Because they got too much drunk. Too, too many other men you want to bring into this man's house. Too many other people you want to bring, you want this woman to sit down and accept. 
misspent youth can curse your future. Because it may feel good while you're out there sinning and living righteous and, and partying in the strange far land. Remember that young boy? Oh, as long as you got a little, you'll have somebody to hang around with. But when the goods run out, Bobby Womack said a long time ago, nobody wants you when you're down and out. And it will affect you the rest of your life. Why? Because the Bible said you reap what you sow. It's not an issue that God can't forgive. God forgives. But consequences remain. There are some things you're not going to be able to go back in time and do again. There are some things you're not going to be able to change because of regret. You're not going to be able to go back and change that abortion or those abortions that you told that young lady to have. You're not going to have to, you're not going to be able to change that. It's done and it's permanently in your mind. And you're going to have to live with that. It's not that God can't forgive. God can forgive. But why would you bring this on yourself when God cries out right now, remember me. Remember me. Heed my warnings. Listen to what I'm saying. And many of us, we have godly parents. We have parents who are striving to try to teach you right, to tell you the right thing. Your flesh is so overwhelmed. All of a sudden, you wake up at 16 or 17 and you're smart. You're smarter than your mama and dad. And you're not, you're not smarter because of what you know. You're smarter because of the flesh driving you to do foolish things. And because you want what you want and you're willing to do whatever it takes to do it, you disregard wise counsel. And it will affect you the rest of your life. What do you do? What you do while you're young can permanently affect your future. Not just your future in eternity, but your future in this life. Amen. Young folks, it don't have to be that way. We've seen over the years through infrastructure, a lot of roads used to be dirt roads. A lot of roads used to be gravel roads. But because of changing in times and upgrades, now some of those same roads are paved. They're smooth. Kids get out and rollerblade on them and, and play on them and everything. Whereas in the past, they wouldn't. Why? Because they weren't smooth. And some of the things they wanted to do, the dirt roads and the gravel roads <coughs> wouldn't allow them to do. And now, guess what? They can get out on paved streets and play and 
do things because somebody saw something better and they put it in place and it made it happen. Man, what that got to do with me? <laughs> I'm saying God has paved the way for you. That you. You don't have to go off the main streets and, and drive through some of these, these, these pathways where a limb might hit you in the head. Or you might get stuck in some mud. And what? Why don't you just stay on the paved street where it's nice and smooth? Well, what's the paved street? God's way. God's way of doing things. Why, why do you want to get off the paved street and take the chance of getting stuck, hitting a tree stump, tearing yourself up? Running into somebody who ain't got no business, who ain't good for you, mess your life up. Only to find yourself coming right back to who? God. He said, the street was open before you went over there. Young folks, God wants to use you. And he offers a better life for you. But you have to, you have to come to the understanding that a hard head can make a hard life for you. The danger of sowing wild oats, sowing the seeds of rebellion, young people are often inclined to rebel against all forms of authority. Yes, sir. Parents, teachers, police, etc. Those seeds will get you in trouble. And because of those seeds, they can follow you the rest of your life and make your life miserable. Yet God has ordained that we submit to authority. Romans 13, 1 and 2, 1 Peter 2, 13, 14. You hear young folks say, ain't, ain't nobody gonna tell me that. What's a young person? What's a young person's answer to authority today? I got a gun. I got a gun. I'm packed. I'm strapped. Police got a gun too. And it's more of them than you. Have you ever noticed? This, 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 this will show you that these young folks just don't think. And God ain't nowhere in that thing. They'll steal a car only to get in a chase, lose control, and wreck. And then go to jail. What did you benefit out of that? What was the gain out of that? What was the benefit? What was the gain? Now you ruin your life. Maybe you killed somebody else while the police was chasing you. What do you gain by thinking being rebellious is going to solve any problem? If God ordained these individuals, 
Why not just do the right thing? Well, police all that. Let me tell you, I'm not going to say every policeman is good. But I'm not going to say all of them are bad. Now, if you're one of these people always talking about how bad the police is and I wouldn't do that, that, that. you know what? So when somebody robbed your house, who are you going to call? <laughs> I'm simply saying, when you live godly and you do what's right, you don't even have to worry about the police. Amen. Therefore, they're unjust. Therefore, those who don't want to abide by the law. They're ordained for the ones who don't want to act right to keep order. Now, unless you just have it in your mind you don't want to do right, then they're for you. Rebellion against authority has caused many young people to spend years in prison. Why in this country are we building more prisons and jails than colleges? Because there's no need for more colleges. Because the profit and the benefit of making money is because of rebellious, hard-headed, non-God-fearing, ungod-fearing people who rebel against God and want to do things their way. And you know what? Society said, we will accommodate you. We will accommodate you. And then they get in prison, they want to complain and whine and cry about all oh, how unjust the system is. Well, how unjust was it when you shot that person? When you stole that person's car? How unjust was it when that young girl was laying at home in that apartment, laying on the couch, and you decide you want to just shoot up the apartment complex and the bullet went through the wall and killed a young girl at home in her house. How unjust was that? But you know what? I'm not saying God came for you. I'm simply saying there are consequences you're going to have to pay. Then we want to blame all of our mess-ups on somebody else. Amen. I'm saying today, young folks, we love you enough. That's why we stay on you. That's why we want to know what kind of grades you make. That's why we offer outings and uh, events and try to keep you close with each other, to exhort and encourage one another. That's why we want you to spend time with each other, because we know there's some dangers out there. Everybody, parents, ain't trying to bring their children up like yours are trying to. We're offering only because we love you. But most importantly, God loves you. And he wants better for you. Sowing the seeds of lying. Many young people think nothing of lying. Once you're caught in a lie, your credibility is shot. Yeah. I always ask a question like they, like they asked on TV. They, they catch a person in a lie, then their attorney put them on the stand and said, now which lie do you want me to believe? 
Huh? Which lie is the truth? Let me tell you. You shouldn't be lying. Amen. Amen. No, no, nobody wants a liar around. There's an old saying, if you're alive, you will see. Because <laughs> you'll turn around and lie and say you didn't see. <laughs> Your word means nothing. You can no longer be trusted. And this has adverse effects on your relationships and your friends. <laughs> I don't care what you put on your application. Somebody might say, oh, I'm looking at this young guy here, thinking about hiring him, this and that. That person said, that old lying. <laughs> Who wants to hire a liar? But I'm not saying God can't forgive. But there are consequences. Consequences that you should never have to bring on yourself. Just do what's right. Let me hear everything. In this thing, sowing seeds of stealing. Man, you ain't got to steal nothing. Not in this congregation. Sure. You ain't got to be out there stealing nothing. If you're hungry, you know it feeds you. What is it for you to steal? Far as I know, all of us eat. And if you don't have any food or groceries, because you ain't asked nobody. So what are you out there stealing? You're going to go out there and steal some, some Nike shoes? You better be careful because they fall in the pot. You ain't a sports fan, you don't get that. Shoplifting and other such crimes are rampant among many other people. If caught, others would be suspicious and you will not be given positions of fiscal responsibility. Man, you can't even be trusted in God's church. If you're going to steal. So it seems a fornication. Sex among young people is very possible. But let me tell you some young folks and older folks too. Amen. To give your body away don't make you Popular in the good sense. It'll make you popular. But all the stuff they're saying about your popularity. Amen. No Christian, man, you ain't even got to be a Christian. No female should want to be associated with golden arches, easy, drive through. These are, these are, Titles given to some females. Why? Because they eat. Mm -hmm. Huh? Yeah. You said golden arches. Yeah. <laughs> they serve meals. Yeah. <laughs> and it's sad to say some think they have to do that in order to get a reputation. Mm -hmm. Oh, you get a reputation. But it won't be a couple. Yeah. It's popular among young people, but get what? Some older folks. <coughs> Yet many do not consider the high price. Sexually transmitted diseases such as syphilis, AIDS, unwanted pregnancy, often compounded by abortion, forced marriages, which often lead to divorce. Amen. Amen. 
No, we don't like talking about it, but it's real. It's real. Man, God puts sex only one place. In marriage. In marriage. The only place where you're going to have God to approve of sex. That's in marriage. I don't care what, what they're saying on the commercials about safe sex. What, what if I only know one form of safe sex. Marriage. 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 And that's to the one you marry to. That's the only safe sex I know. Talk about safe sex. No, use a comma. We, we come up with this invention. So just because you don't get exposed and get pregnant, it's okay to keep doing it. Folks don't have to know that you're out there doing it. God knows. God knows. And there are some diseases out there who will follow you the rest of your life. Oh, oh man, I ain't got time to just work on that. Then God can forgive, but the syphilis don't go away. So what are you going to tell that young man or that young lady that you get serious about and you meet and you say, I would love to spend the rest of my life with you. But you got to tell them your secret. You got to tell them. You have to tell them. That's, that's, that, hey, that's not a secret. You tell somebody after you say, I do. But if I tell them, they might not want me. It's called a consequence. Just because you didn't care about your life, don't mean they want to give theirs up. I ain't got time to work on that more. But folks, sowing seeds of drugs. Drugs have great potential for ruining our lives. Some are illegal and their use violates Romans 13 and 1. Many are addicted and their use violates 1 Corinthians 6 and 12. Others are destructive to the body and their use violates 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20. You don't, you don't need a narcotic. You need Jesus. That's the, that's the one prescription drug that's legal that you can get as high as you want to get high on. And it ain't going to cause no problem or damage to your body. So I encourage you today, if you're seeking direction, you're seeking, trying to find your way in this life, young folks, remember God. Remember God. Seek out God. Search through the Bible and look at what God did with some young people's lives. He could do the same for you. Amen. Don't be a follower. Amen. Don't be a follower in this world. Amen. Allow God to use you. And you be 
the person that people look at and they have a desire to want to be like you. We love you here. And we want what's best for you. We can't force you to remember God in your youth. We can only point out the dangers when one does not. We can remind you of the benefits when one does. But one thing is certain. God will remember. God will bring you into judgment for all that you do. Ecclesiastes 11 and 9. Which is why one should fear God and keep his commandments. Ecclesiastes 2. 13 and 14. We love you. I love you enough to preach this. Man, nobody trying to sell you short. Nobody trying to cause you to miss out on any excitement or thrills in this life. We're trying to save your life. Because it's dangerous out there. And we want better for you. You're here today and you haven't given your life to Christ. You haven't made the decision to do what is right in order to be in Christ. The Bible teaches us, you know, just that Jesus died, he was buried, and he was resurrected, and he rose again. We must go through that same process. We don't have to go to the cross. But we surrender our will and we submit our will by faith. By doing it, by hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We surrender our will through obedience and accepting and believing that these things are true. That the Bible speaks of. Concerning. The truth. Brings us to repentance. A change in how we think, what we do. We make that change. Romans 6 and 2, we die to those old beliefs, those old ways. We must be buried as Jesus was buried. Romans 6, 3 and 4. And we rise up a new creature. Old things passed away. All things become new. As I said all through the lesson, God can forgive. But there are consequences. But they're going hang for the most part, many of us young folks, you don't even have to bother with no consequences if you just do what's right the first time. Okay. So just do what's right. Give your heart to God. <coughs> do what's right. Rise up a new creature. Romans 6 and 4, 82. Serve God. Be faithful unto death. And you know what? Life will hold such a better life for you as you live in Christ. What's our song, Lord? 598. 598 is our invitation song. Thank you for your time. Young folks, I hope and pray you listen. Yeah.
and got something. Parents, we can't do it just on Sundays. <coughs> we need a support system that extends from here to home. Amen. From home back to here. From here back to home. In other words, you need to, you need to get involved with your child's life Amen. concerning spiritual matters. Amen. Just an hour and a half on Sunday ain't going to get it done. Amen. We need to see you on Mondays if we can. We need to see you on Wednesdays if we can. We need you to get involved in building this spiritual support system. Amen. Amen. Don't wait until they go out there and get in trouble. Okay. Then cry to the church for <coughs> oh, help us. Let's be proactive and stop being reactive. God has opened the door. He has shown us the way. Let's take advantage of what he offers. Is that all right? Yes, sir. What's our song again? 598. 598. Let us together stand. Let us